0: You're listening to the Strategic Marketing Podcast with James Ateen, with this week's special guests, Jessica Horn and Sarah Teja.
1: More than the population of Iceland, that's the fun fact that I like (laughs) to use. (laughs) That's crazy.
0: I wish I told the students that while they were in the middle of their group work, because that's great advice. I'm James Ateen, a senior teaching fellow at Imperial College Business School. I was previously a partner in the EY strategy practice, and as of August will have been a consultant for 25 years, and I'm delighted to welcome back two of our former strategic marketing students, Sarah and Jessica. So welcome Sarah and Jessica, perhaps you could uh, introduce yourselves?
2: Sure. Um, so my name is Jessica, and I studied the MSc in strategic marketing at Imperial from 2018 to 2019. Um, and after graduation, I started to work as an associate consultant at BCG in the Hamburg office in Germany. And well, since then, one and a half years have passed. I've been able to work on uh, many projects in various industries. So very happy to be on the podcast today with my good friend, Sarah, uh, to talk a bit about our experience.
1: So my name is Sarah. I currently work as a senior analyst at Accenture based in London. I did the strategic marketing program back in 2018 and I met Jessica when we studied in the course. Um, I've been working for almost two years and I'm very happy to be here.
0: Fantastic. So perhaps you could tell everyone why you decided on a career in consulting, particularly when one would expect so many strategic marketing students to want to become uh, brand managers in FMCG or something similar?
1: So I joined the operations graduate program in Accenture and I, I think it was quite easy for me because firstly, I was an international student. So I knew that I had to get a work visa in order to be able to work in the UK and companies in the kind of professional services area banking and tech usually provide visa sponsorships right and then I know tech and banking was really my cup of tea so it was easy to narrow it down to consulting or professional services and secondly I think what's important for me is the ability to try different types of projects and considering the program that I'm in it's rotational so I can try different things before committing to something you know an area or in an industry and last but not least is definitely when Accenture was you know, on a shopping spree, acquiring a lot of digital marketing agencies. And I think that signaled the intention and their commitment to grow the marketing business, which is very important to me as a marketing student.
0: Yeah, I think, Sarah, they spent something like, just over a billion dollars a couple of years ago. Didn't they on on this huge, as you, I think spree is the right word, this huge acquisition spree. Um, just before we move on to Jessica, has, has that changed your role? Do you think that integration with all of those, you know, fantastic marketing agencies, digital agencies that they've picked up?
1: I think it really helps in terms of... Um making Accenture different than the other existing consulting companies, right? Because we can say that we provide end-to-end marketing services, you know, we have the design aspect and then we have the operations aspect, which, you know, if you have a client, then we can confidently say, Hey, we don't only provide the strategy, but we can also implement that for you. So it definitely helps.
0: Right, and Jessica, what's your, what's your story in that regard?
2: Yes. Yeah, so I think I could definitely agree uh, with some of the reasons Sarah just mentioned. So Definitely this one point about like looking into different industries, really just exploring uh, what you want to do. Not right away, like focusing on one topic, but really gathering and gaining lots of um, skills from these different projects. Uh, so that was also one main driver for me. And then the other one was definitely to work in an international and very diverse environment. Um, I mean, you have that with BCG inside the company, but also in terms of the clients you work with. I was, for example, staffed on a project uh, where we worked with a client who was situated in the Netherlands and they also had some people from Belgium uh, who worked on the project. So Everything was in English, uh, which was great for me because it's not my first language. Um, and then, yeah, I think one other uh, big reason for me was that you get um, a very large degree of ownership very early on and you also interact with uh, quite senior people. Um, And I think that's just something like a large degree of responsibility that you might not get as quickly in your career in in other industries, I would say.
0: Absolutely. And I think also possibly in consulting, the rate of promotion tends to be uh, somewhat quicker as well. So when you combine those two things, that's quite a powerful uh, attractiveness, I guess, of the industry always has been and uh, attractive in the industry, certainly even when I started out so many years ago. So one thing I'm acutely aware of is is the fact that you both started out in consulting during COVID-19 and all of the restrictions that that has bought, brought, I should say. Uh, what's it been like uh, for you both in that sense?
2: I was quite lucky personally, I started in February um, last year. and. The restrictions were there of course um but we were still able to work at the client so the first five months i was still um, at the client side um the restrictions got um, tougher and tougher like with every month and then there were also times when we were not allowed to go and um, see the client but we worked in the office together as a team uh, so you you could say definitely it had a large effect and then like. After the six months, we were just working from home. Uh, So there was lots of remote work, lots of uh, virtual meetings. So I think one main consequence was that you weren't able to meet your client in person and have this personal relationship. Um, So consultant firms or also the consultants themselves just had to come up with new ideas, how to keep this connection to the client. Um, Also new interactive formats, like all these tools um, that you can use we we'll definitely used there um, quite a lot, yeah.
0: Fantastic. And Sarah, how about you?
1: Um, for me, I joined the company in October 2019, so I was in the office for quite a bit. But then I would say there wasn't really a big challenge in terms of ways of working because we are used to using the virtual collaboration tools like Microsoft Teams and other platforms perhaps because, you know, Accenture is a huge company, right, with around 500,000 people across the globe. And then we work with different teams in different countries. So we need to use the collaboration tools anyway. And I think the biggest challenge for the new joiners would be, you know, trying to network with people And I know I cringe whenever people say, you know, networking is the best advice that anyone could give you when you start working. But yes, it's true, you need to network with people. And I think the biggest hurdle would be, you know, putting that time in because in the office, it might be natural, right? To have, okay, let's have a coffee or maybe can we have lunch together. But then now that we are in a work from home setup, it might be difficult to get time with people just because we're booked in with so many virtual meetings right the last thing that I want to do is like have another zoom call with this new person that I don't really know so yeah it's
0: always been an important part I think of the support network in consulting is to have that kind of closeness of work colleagues whether you're in the office in London, so you'll go to the cafe together and grab, as you say, Sarah, get a coffee, Uh, or if you're working away from home and you're on a client side and you're having a particularly tough uh, client experience because the deadline's too short or something, going out for dinner, having a couple of beers, whatever it is, kind of blows off some steam and you're kind of all in it together. That bonding is really unique to the industry, I think. And actually, therefore, something that's quite, quite again, quite a powerful part of the experience. Jessica, you mentioned some tools and stuff earlier when you gave you, you know, you gave your view. Is there anything you've used you know, in terms of that networking uh, that's been particularly helpful with your colleagues at BCG?
2: Hmm. Um, I would say, I mean, we use Slack, for example, um, hmm. but I guess we, I think BCG has also used that before, um, but I would agree with the point that Sarah mentioned that it's, like the best way to really keep networking is to be proactive and also decide that you also as a new joiner, you want to put in the work. Um, so even though you might know no one at the company and like Sarah said, you think, okay, why would they even want to talk to me? Like everyone's schedule is so packed with all these Zoom calls. Um, just write them an email. Um, maybe you can even find people internally who are staffed on projects that you are really interested in um or who have like a certain expertise or a certain skill that you want to acquire um so I made very good experiences with just writing people setting up like a very short coffee for like 10-15 minutes and that helps you to build the network and really enables you to become part of the company so luckily for me I can say like since joining I've never felt that okay I'm not really part of the company or um I'm not able to keep up or I'm not learning as fast because that's uh, things I'm hearing from other people in like other industries or like these concerns that one might have. Um, but I think that worked very well. And maybe one other thing is also find mentors because uh, that also helps a lot, I think.
0: Brilliant. Yeah. So in in many ways that hasn't changed, right? The importance of mentorship in consulting is, is really powerful actually. I guess Sarah, given how many people there are at Accenture, you probably have a few more to choose from. Uh, when you think about it. how many people are there now at Accenture? It must be hundreds of thousands.
1: Probably 500,000 or above. So yeah. yeah, more than the population of Iceland. That's the fun fact that I like to <laughs> <Yeah>. use.
2: <laughs> That's crazy, honestly, yeah.
0: Don't worry, Jessica, BCG has amazing growth ambitions. I'm sure you'll be catching up on some
2: yeah. in some uh,
0: in couple of years. So,
2: <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we should probably turn our attention to kind of project experiences, actually, um, because I, I, I think... Um, We've both, we've both spoken before in the past about consulting, and I think something we've talked about has been that the projects you're most proud of aren't always the ones that you enjoy at the time. You kind of look back and say, wow, we really achieved that amazing thing, but it was a pretty, pretty difficult experience. Other times you really enjoy it, but possibly, possibly what you created isn't necessarily the same. How, how do you think contribution, pride and enjoyment, or those kind of factors, and any others, by the way, you can think of, uh, kind of feature? In the day-to-day lives of getting projects done, what are your thoughts on that? Maybe Sarah, you want to go first.
1: Mm, yeah, I, I definitely agree with with your point. You know, sometimes the most uh, memorable projects or the things that we're most proud of might not be the most enjoyable at that time, because you know um, we learn something through maybe hardships, right? Um, and also, I think for a lot of people who are starting out a new job anyway, we need to learn a lot. And then being able to, you know, feel comfortable in ambiguous and in an uncertain situation, it's not an easy skill to have because you need to be proactively, you know, practicing that skill in order to help your teammates, right? Because what you need is not to wear other people down, but you need to be able to have that, you um, confidence and also just be assertive in saying, okay, I don't have the skill now, but can you please teach me because I'm willing to learn. I think that willingness to learn is important. And for me, um, I guess when I work with, in my past project, so it was a huge project of hundreds of millions of dollars. And then a lot of the senior leadership in Accenture was involved. And I had to liaise directly with, you know, uh, very senior people at the company. And it wasn't something that I'm very used to, right? Coming from a you know university, a fresh graduate, and who am I to be able to deal with? Um, the, you know, maybe the head of UK of Accenture, and that's not really what I'm trained to do in, in the master's, but I had to take um, the guidance from my manager and then being able to, learn and then see how she handles the meetings and how she, uh, you know, let the conversations. And then that's why when she was, you know, on leave for a couple of weeks, I was able to fill in her position just to be able to cover for her. And I think that helps a lot. Like, you know, knowing your manager is there for you. And also it's fine to make mistakes in the beginning because that's how you learn. Right. And sometimes people don't see the, um, I guess, the behind the, the scenes, people think that, okay, they're naturally good at it, but no, it takes a lot of practice and it's okay if you make mistakes in the beginning.
0: Thanks, Sarah. No, that, that, that rings true for me. We'll come back to the mistakes point in a little bit. I've made a lot of mistakes in my career and I, I think actually making mistakes can be quite powerful. Oh, Jessica, what's your perspective on this?
2: Yes, I definitely agree, uh, especially with this learning aspect. I think that's really important and that's also something That always gets emphasized, even um, in recruitment for consulting, basically what they really advertise is this very steep learning curve. Um, And I can really say that's really what I experienced after one and a half years. Um, Every project is different. You're you're always uncomfortable. uh, Like Sarah said, you really just need to make sure that you're comfortable being uncomfortable, I would say. Um, You will always be in new situations. and you always need to adapt and learn new skills. Uh, for example, my first project was with a healthcare um, player. And there we did a cost cutting strategy, um, which for lots of people might sound totally awful uh, or they have no idea, like, okay, what's really going on. Um, but it was very interesting because basically we were quite some consultants on the team, but each of us had their own work stream. Uh, So I had one work stream uh, with five other employees from the client. So there was just me from the BCG side and five people from the client. And we were working together on one topic. And they all were in their 40s or 50s. And they all had lots of medical knowledge. And I don't have a medical background. um, So I had some knowledge, but obviously you can't compare that. Uh, So before I had my first meeting with them, my only thought was, Okay, I have no idea like how this is going to work because I don't know what I'm bringing to the table. That was my thought at the time because you need to remember that was my first project. And then after that meeting, I remember feeling so relieved because uh, I really recognized that, okay, um, everyone in this team has different strengths, different things they bring to the table. I, for example, I was there... Uh, I looked at the bigger picture, I looked at the structure, I knew how to guide them to get to their goal uh, and really make sure we had to adhere to all the deadlines. Um, and it was very successful um, at the end and lots of fun to work with them, actually. Um, so yeah, I think one lesson I learned from that was also like just to not make yourself small, uh, especially as a new graduate. Like just trust that you already have so many valuable experiences that you're bringing in. From your academic career but also from your internships that you're doing Um, and I see that every day when interacting with senior leadership for example at BCG that you could think from the outside okay why should a partner listen to me Uh, but I have so had so many great experiences uh, with people really valuing your opinion um, and just valuing diversity and like the different backgrounds that people bring in.
0: Oh, thanks both I think, I think that, that that certainly rings rings true with me I'm always surprised whenever um I talk to people who haven't worked with consultants before. Now, in this day and age, there's not many clients that haven't worked in some way with consultants before, but I'm always surprised where, when you, when I, I remember when I was straight out of university and went straight into Accenture, I guess it was Anderson Consulting at the time, parents said, but James, you can't be doing these kinds of things. You've never worked in business before. Uh, you, know, what, you know, you're talking to some senior people, what damage might you do? You know Why are they hiring, why are they paying all that money for you guys? You know, you're know you only 20 whatever years old. And I think what, what people that haven't worked with consultants before, don't realize the structure the, the clarity of thinking the independent view that kind of stuff um, and i think clients really value that and i think that therefore in terms of yes you're going to make mistakes but if your intentions are very positive and you're very enthusiastic, um, I used to get called keener team, then you know the clients will give you a certain amount of leeway because they know you're working in their interest, even if you don't have all the answers. That sounds like that's kind of similar to what what you're both saying. And I think both both of you obviously work with very senior partners at both your firms, Um, clearly probably quite phased, it sounds like, at the beginning, but actually have pushed through it and actually have come out the other side of it very confident. Uh, Would you do it again? Would you volunteer yourselves perhaps to work with the, the senior managing director? and partners? Yes, Yes, definitely.
2: I would definitely do it again. Because I think it's like you said in the beginning, um, or like Sarah also mentioned. So at some points while you're doing it, you might be thinking, okay, I have no idea how to solve this problem. I've never done this before. You're just looking at the problem basically. Um, But then when you're done with it and you manage to do it, it just gives you so much strength and so many lessons um, and learnings that you're taking from it. And I think that's also really the reason why um, good leadership or like senior leadership, they really challenge you because they know that enables you to grow.
0: And Sarah, just to, just to maybe move on slightly here, you mentioned working with senior female leaders. What was it like uh, as a woman in the industry in um, particular?
1: Mm, yeah, that's a good question. So maybe coming from me would be interesting, right? Because I'm a woman, but also coming from an ethnic minority background. And I would say there are definitely challenges, but there are also opportunities. But, you know, let's talk about the challenges first. Obviously, you know, a lot of the um, colleagues that I work with are male and probably Caucasian, right? And then I think the most um they they often ask you know w- would you be able to do it <laughs> well obviously yes right because i've uh, i've done my masters and then i know that i don't have the experience but then how can i you know have the experience if you're not willing to give me the opportunity i think um, sometimes people forget that you just need to give someone a chance, like, because if you're not giving anyone a chance, then how can that person grow? And I think that's a challenge. And also, uh, I think as a female, it's uh, found in research, right? Like we're usually very, um, um, I guess we underestimate our own abilities and then we think we can't do stuff. So I think that's also the hurdle that we face as women. And then, you know, if you think you can't do it, then how can your colleagues trust you that you can do the job. So you have to be confident first and then you have to convince your colleagues that you can do the job. And also in terms of um, being an ethnic minority, I guess, it's challenging, but there are ways that the companies are trying to help you, right? Because, uh, you know, they're trying to increase the diversity and they want to be an inclusive employer. And then I would say just because you don't often see someone, you know, higher up, that comes from your country or someone who, you know, share the same skin color, maybe then just aim higher, right? Like, okay, if there's no one yet up there, then maybe can I be the first one to go up there? Because I find it um, hard not having someone that I can look up to, but increasingly they're trying to put more and more women in the leadership positions, right? And I think that helps. And finding, a, I guess, a female mentor, it's very important for, you know, for us, right, Jess, I think is very important for us, because um, they've gone through the same challenges, the same things, and they can give, you know, the advice that we need. And I think, yeah, as long as you work hard, and then you're willing to, you know, be open-minded, and then you're kind to other people, you'll be fine.
0: Thanks, Sarah. Yeah, Jess, it would be great to hear your perspective on this.
2: Yes, I found it quite interesting what Sarah said, like you need to trust yourself to be able to do it. And I think that's where it all starts. Uh, So often, especially when you're new into the job, um, people might be overthinking things. And I think the best advice is just to just go for it. You are there for a reason. They staffed you on this particular project for a reason. And also, I mean, with this whole woman discussion, um, I think... As Sarah said like in some aspects it's definitely of course like they are different challenges but um, I think it's also important to just remind yourself to not focus on that too much like to make gender like the most important thing because I know it for example right now I'm stopped on a banking case and it happens to me that I'm the only woman on, on that team that doesn't mean that in most BCG and banking, there are no women. That's absolutely not true, because I know some great women who work in banking, but they are just not in my team, because uh, it's like, we are five people and that's just how it is. Um, so don't just, just don't overthink it, just go for it. Um, I had also great male um, mentors. I had great female mentors. Um, and yeah, I guess it's just, you need to know who to ask for advice in which situations. Um, so maybe if you have one problem, um, you get like different kind of advice from like a male mentor or from a female mentor. Um, so I think that's maybe interesting. And then like Sarah said, just to remind yourself that it's possible like uh, to get there like to get a good position in the company. Well,
0: one thing, one other thing to say, I mean, both of you, obviously hyper aware of actually the fact that you're women in consulting but both seem very confident and not worried about it which is I think quite. I would be reassured if I was listening to this one of the things I was also generally reassured within the firms that I've worked with recently and previously is that the women in business networks within consulting firms are normally very strong and actually you can get a lot of contacts networking very informed without really as you say even thinking about it you know uh, Jessica Um, and it can be very good but I think in a lot of other businesses that aren't consulting firms the networking is maybe a bit more localized, um, less well-developed, actually you can struggle to get the maturity and the excitement, you know, and the the positivity around those kinds of networks. So would you say that's true in your experience or, or, you know, I'm I'm looking outside in now, Uh, is that true? Or am I being overly um, optimistic?
2: Point I would agree with is that definitely, for example, BCG, they have a very strong woman network. Uh, Mm -hmm. So women at BCG, they have it at every office, they do events. Um, They really support uh, lots of different causes, also like lots of challenges uh, that you might have as a woman. Um, So yeah, I I would say maybe in other positions or other industries, it's more difficult. Um, My advice then would be to to really reach out um, to people who might work in another industry, um, but just reach out to them, for example, via LinkedIn. Um, There are groups, for example, like these Lean In Circles. I don't know if you know them. they also have one here in Hamburg. They are women. They don't even work in consulting, but they work in like various different companies. Um, but it's just nice to have an exchange, um, talk to them, and yeah, maybe if you are like one of the only women in like your company or like your industry, um, maybe try to take a step back and, and basically view it as an opportunity. Um, I know that might sound a bit different um or like like a different perspective at first but basically i just try to see the positive in everything and then i would just say maybe you can be a role model for others you know if you're the first person like sarah said you're the first um, person in your company who has achieved i don't know what then why don't you become a mentor uh, for someone who was in your place like five years before Uh, So I'm doing that for like lots of students. For example, at Imperial, uh, I just had like a guest lecture today and people are writing me after that um, to talk about like, oh, how to get into BCG and everything. And I'm always super happy (laughs) to help because I have been there myself. You know, I know the struggles.
0: Fantastic. Thanks, Jessica. And Sarah, anything to add?
1: Great advice and great tips. And I agree with whatever you said just now. And yeah, I guess (laughs) the same with Accenture. We have, you know, great... uh, groups of you know women and then they're there to help you out and I guess uh maybe for the students who are listening right uh, imperial does have a imperial women network so if you're not joining already you should join and then like Jessica said LinkedIn is you know the best probably medium to use these days to reach out to people and I'm sure that if you you know write um you know a short message to people with clear purpose they're more likely to respond to you and also outside of this um company network you can also reach out to the people who are from your country as well because coming from Indonesia we have this group called Young Indonesian Professional Association and I think this is just a great um, opportunity for people to you know maybe meet other like-minded individuals who probably are in the same position like you and then maybe you can try to have advice or maybe career chats with them and also you can mentor other students who are probably looking for the you know a job right and then you've been there before and then I think it's time for you to give back because I'm sure that you know you have received help um, in one way or the other when you were applying for jobs and of course I was uh, I, I was so grateful to a lot of people Imperial alumni and the people in my program so that's why you should really like Jessica said maybe mentor other students as well
0: yeah, we, we certainly welcome that. So should we should we move on? Um, maybe look ahead to your, your career paths. Um, you know, I see various statistics. Um, some of them say that you know, in, in a boutique firm like uh, BCG, the typical time people stay there on average is kind of two and a half, three years. Uh, again, that, that may be uh, out of date now. And um, at Accenture, you're more encouraged to develop with the firm. Um, so you know, I was there nine years, uh, and you know, um, and have happy memories of that time. So there is, it kind of question to you both, really. Maybe maybe Sarah go first this time. What what's your view as to how, how Accenture you know might progress with you and vice versa?
1: This is a great question because I'm approaching two year anniversary for my first job outside of university. Um, I would say. It's definitely important to develop the expertise in Accenture because you are very encouraged to specialize in an industry or like a function within the company. And like you you said, James, like they really want you to stay in the company and, you know, they have invested a lot in in a person, right? So they want you to stay. And which is why it's very important for me, not just to try as many projects as I can, but also to develop the skills that I need and also the skills that I want to learn more. At the moment, I'm in a marketing analytics project. So... People might say, oh, you have a degree in marketing, then you must be an expert in this. Well, as much as I want to say that I am an expert, but that's not true because, you know, marketing um, keeps on progressing, right, year by year. And then there are a lot of new technologies coming in and out every year. And obviously, we need to stay up um, up to date. And then that's why I'm really willing to um, specialize in the kind of analytics route and also just you know, maybe learn more about what's to come in terms of, you know, the trends and the, you know, what what things are popping up outside of this uh, coronavirus, right? Because uh, people's behaviors are changing and the way that firm conducts their operations are different these days. So I think it's definitely um, a lot to learn and it's an exciting time.
0: Great. Thanks, Sarah. And Jessica, how does, your, how does your perspective compare to that, do you think?
2: Um, Yes, I think, so for example, at BCG, at least from my point of view, um, so I'm an associate consultant now. So that's basically the position that you get when you start with your, like with a graduate degree. Um, And then after two years, you would normally get promoted to consultant. And then the next position would be project leader. Uh, So when you're a project leader, normally you're specialized On, like, one industry or like on one function, like Sarah said, on marketing, for example, or you just do finance um, and so on. Um, But for the more junior positions, like associate consultant, for example, uh, you really have the freedom to just explore different industries. And that's something that I really value. Um, So, yeah, and I think, I mean, from the people that started with me, so one and a half years ago, I know some of them already left BCG. and I mean, these reasons are always like highly personal, but I know because obviously um, I follow them on LinkedIn. So I know like where they are moving on. You also talk to them and they are all working on very exciting projects. And for, I would say at least half of them, um, actually, it happened that they worked on a project with a client and then either the client said, oh, don't you want to join our company or they explored a topic on that project that they have. They they have never worked on before basically and they found it so interesting that for example they founded their own startup in that space um, or they moved on to a company which focuses on that topic so i think like sarah said in the beginning that essential layer mainly encourage you also to do longer projects um and with bcg i'm not sure if that's 100 percent right but i remember when i at my interviews they told me oh like the average project is like two to three months um and for me at least that's true I did like one longer project at the beginning and then um some shorter ones and honestly like now looking back I just got so much input and like so much inspiration only in these like one and a half years uh, that you get so many ideas on like what you want to do next and where to go And so I think that's also like one big reason. And of course the network, like you said, the network is really great. Um, So you have lots of people just to name BCG as an example because obviously I work there um, in like different companies. Um, And then if you talk to them, maybe um, yeah, you find what they're doing interesting as well. And then suddenly uh, you decide to move on. I think that happens to lots of people uh, quite quickly. Yeah.
0: Well, I think both firms are very strong alumni. Uh, connections and, and programs in, in general. I mean, BCG, uh, I think it's the primary driver of work, isn't it? I think uh, BCG, you leave, you join the client, you start buying BCG, you know. Um, that's, certainly, that's certainly the the, the rumor anyway, if that's always true, but certainly it has a very strong uh, alumni network. And I think, Sarah, I still get alumni invites for, for Accenture, and they really take that, that investment, I think, quite seriously. I don't know how you manage a network that big. I, I dread to think how big the alumni network must be by now, but it's always very engaged, very topical. It seems like something that both firms will carry on, uh, carry on doing. And I'm sure you'll both be active whenever you decide to leave your 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 respective firms. So I think that's, that's pretty much covered all the questions I had any any final words or thoughts um, from you both?
2: Especially because we both did strategic marketing, right? Um, As a course. And I had a lot of people ask me also today in the guest lecture, for example, um, where people said, oh, so you're coming from a marketing background. How come you decide to move into consulting? Um, and I just want to encourage people to really see all the different things that consulting is offering. So for me, that was always the strategic perspective um, and just the opportunity that you can see many different projects, many different clients. Um, and yeah, I would encourage everyone to apply because um, I've really enjoyed it so far. Um, and I would also encourage, especially marketing students, and to really be confident in the skills that they are getting from the program uh, if you do it in, in imperial or if you do it elsewhere um, lots of marketing students have very strong analytical skills as well um, and that's so definitely something that you need in consulting um, and one other thing for example i know at imperial especially uh, we did lots of group work uh, which at the time and that's linking to another point we just made at the time you might think okay there are situations which are not easy. There might be conflicts um, and you push through and then you're proud like how well the group did. And that's exactly how it feels uh, on each project because there might not be internal conflicts within like your company, um, but there will always be conflicts. uh, For example, with the client, if there's like a tight deadline, people are getting nervous. um, It's it's very hard because we are working on big changes. Uh, So group work and all these things, while you struggle in the moment, they will prepare you in the
0: long run. Oh, that's definitely true, Jessica, definitely true. I wish i told the students that while they were in the middle of their group work, because that's great advice, <laughs> thank you. And Sarah, any, any last thoughts from you, please?
1: Yeah, I guess uh, for those of you who are still studying, especially when you are part of the strategic marketing program, uh, there are way more jobs than just being a brand manager at a FMCG company, right? I mean, strangely enough, when I was a student, I wasn't really thinking about being a brand manager, but then when I joined that program at Imperial, all of a sudden, all I hear is like people wanting to apply to the likes of Unilever, P&G and other companies, right? So that's definitely, um, you know, not true. Like, don't just think that that's the only way to go if you have a marketing degree and also think about the um, transferable skills, right? Sometimes people get so fixated on the role or title of a job that you want to have, But think about, you know, what kind of skills you want to learn from your first job because, you know, your first job is the the time that you built your fundamental skills, right? So I think instead of thinking of, okay, what kind of company I want to work for, maybe think about the skills first and then understand where you can get these skills from, maybe consulting, maybe other career. And that's the advice that that I would give to people who are, you know, looking for a job. And lastly, just enjoy your time being a student because you know as much as we want to complain about the group work like Jessica said it's (laughs) you know the closest thing that resembles the work experience so just try to embrace it because uh, what I find from group work is the hardest thing is not about you know the content or the knowledge that you have to find or to get to be able to um, answer the problems but it's about the people management so you deal with a lot of teammates. And these things you don't learn from a textbook. So you have to learn from your experience, right? And the best way to experience this is through real life practice, that is group work. So if things don't go, you know, so well, that's fine, because that's life, right? Um, You can't really control people. And the only thing that you can control is how you react to that situation. So if you have a teammate that might be, you know, free riding all the time, that happens in real life. So what you can do is like how you would react to that problem. So yeah, that's it for me.
0: Wonderful, thanks, Sarah. And thanks again, Jessica. It, I can't believe it's been a couple of years since we've seen each other in person. And I was gonna say you haven't changed a bit, but clearly you've learned an incredible amount and I've uh, come on a long way. So best of luck with your careers and thank you so much for spending time with our students today.
2: Care, Great, thank you so thank you. much. Thanks. Uh,